0: Hi, everybody. I'm Howard David. Welcome to Howard David Live, the face of Otis Livingston, uh, outstanding sports anchor at Channel 2 in New York, WCBS. If I asked you, what is the biggest sports story in New York? And I'm going to give you some choices. Is it A, the Jets trying to make a run for the playoffs first time in a dozen years, the Giants, Aaron Judge getting paid, the Knicks getting close but no cigar, and the Nets starting to show who they are. Um, what what would be the one
1: thing that pops out to you? I mean, they're all big stories um, for their respective sports, you know. But I think right now the most important story, since we're getting to the playoff stretch, is uh, the New York Jets because. No one expected them to be in this position in December playing meaningful games, either them or the Giants playing games in December that would mean anything. Let's not forget, before the season started, it was a four win, five win prognostication for either team, and they have exceeded those expectations. And once you exceed those expectations, all of a sudden the fans start to get a little crazy. You know, they're frothing at the mouth. Hey, we got a chance to go to the playoffs, we got a chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, pump the brakes on that one. But Both teams have that opportunity, and I think the Jets, more so than the Giants, um, is the bigger story because they have this quarterback now, uh, Magic Mike White, who has an opportunity to take them to the promised land. Now, whether they get there or not remains to be seen, but there is hope among the fans that if he continues to play, like he did last year in that one game that got him in the Hall of Fame after one start, which is crazy, <laughs> right. but um, uh, if he can play like that and if he can manage the team like he did last week against the Chicago Bears, that they have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. Now, most fans are out on Zach Wilson, and this is the guy right now, you, you know the old saying that the most popular guy on a football team is the backup quarterback. Now we have an opportunity to see Mike White, who after that Hall of Fame performance last year, kind of flamed out, got injured, Uh, didn't have a good game against the Bills uh, last year, but now he has an opportunity to rewrite his own history with the New York Jets. So I think you know, like I said, all those stories are, are huge as far as the sports go. Their their respective sports go, like Aaron Judge with the money. You know, Yankee fans want him back. That he wants to be back if they can make that deal. You got KD in the in the Nets. You know, now that they have the outside shooting of uh, Seth Curry, uh, Joe Harris, um, and, and other guys like that, and KD and Kyrie are starting around in this shape. Kyrie is actually at the games now too, so uh, that means a lot. Um, but yeah, so so you have a lot of different stories here. And, Howard, as you know, that's the best part about New York, so many sports. And when they overlap and you you get all the excitement in the Big Apple.
0: Well, you know what you have, and you know this better than I. You work the New York beat every day. You've got the Jets, and there's always this feeling of same old Jets. Well, right now they're not the same old Jets. This is a younger, uh, more appetizing version of the Giants. They got a game against Washington this week, which is going to be tough because the commanders have shown – that they can beat people. So, you look at that and you and I think I agree with you about the Jets have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Giants. I think it's fair to say the Jets need ten wins to get into the playoffs. They got seven now. They got Detroit coming up. Uh, you know they got a game against Jacksonville coming up. Those are winnable games. But you got a bunch of games on the road that they're going to have to win one of them. Let's start with this week. It was Minnesota. That's a winnable game. But they have. The main, most incredible wide receiver I've seen in years in Justin Jefferson. That's going to be Sauce Gardner's task
1: this week. Can you slow that guy down? Yeah, before the season, he talked about relishing opportunities to go up against the best wide receivers in the NFL as a rookie. So it sounded like here's this guy coming in and he had the reputation of having this swag of having this uh, bravado about himself, but, you know, he was going to get his comeuppance as a rookie because, you know, rookies just don't step in and, and, and slow down or stop some of the elite wide receivers in the game. But he has more than stood up to that challenge. He has been along with Quentin Williams the brightest spot on that defense and that defense right there is one of the best in the league. That's a championship Mm -hmm. level defense. We've all Mm -hmm. been waiting on that offense to kind of catch up or even get in the ballpark with that defense. But sauce Gardner has relished these opportunities to uh, go up against the best he's, he's gone up against Tyreek, you know, he's gone up against uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, all those guys, he's had his opportunity and he's played really, really well. So we're going to see what he can do against the, uh, Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson who had turned in that that great catch a few weeks ago that everyone was talking about maybe the greatest in history especially with the importance uh, fourth down the game's over if you don't make that catch and he made an incredible grab one thing about that, that remaining schedule too is you know they still have that game against the Bills they have another game with the Dolphins down in Miami so uh, as far as the division goes that's going to be those two games are going to be difficult that Lions game man I, I watch watched them the, the past few weeks. That's no gimme. I mean, nope. see what they did against the, the Giants. They, they throttled them. Uh, they should have beaten um, the, the team they played uh, on, uh, on Thanksgiving, the Buffalo Bills. Right. They should have beaten them. They had an opportunity. That's a good, really good offense. Jared Goff is playing really, really well. Yeah. Um, and they showed that they could win at Midlife Stadium when they throttled the Giants. So that's going to be another tough game. I understand on paper that it looks like that those games may be leaning in their favor. But you know how it is on, on any given Sunday, Thursday or Monday, you know, any team can be beaten. And I don't think the Jets are in a position right now that them or their fans can just kind of, you know, hey, that looks like a good one. That, that you know, it is encouraging. They should be able to beat them in, in, in theory. But man. Those Detroit Lions, they're tough, man. They are a really good football team.
0: Yep, I agree. He's Otis Livingston, sports anchor at Channel 2 in New York. Uh, I have this feeling that when you have a talented player who comes with baggage, eventually it'll bite you. It's Mm. happened to the Nets with Kyrie Irving. And now they're in the market, the Giants are, for Odell Beckham Jr. They've had him once before, and he's been a full load. Do you want to chase that rainbow
1: again? Well, uh, yes, he has been a full load. He was the first time around. He was also very, very productive. So as you know, when those guys, as you said, with the example of Kyrie and some other stars that have gotten opportunity. I was just reading a story about Antonio Brown, former uh, NFL uh, wide receiver, and he was given a number of chances as well. It seems like those have played out. The the, the most recent uh, news about him definitely does not sound good. So, um, But that's an example. Josh Gordon, who had uh, drug dependency issues, were given a, a, a multitude of opportunities. I just feel like, This opportunity, and I may prove to be wrong if he does sign with the Giants, I just feel like Odell has to know that he's running out of chances, no matter how much the talent he has now that he has. See, what happens is when you're healthy and you have talent and you can be productive, they're willing to put up with those headaches. He's coming off a couple of serious injuries. So that plays in the negative side of, do we want to bring him in or not? Or what can we tolerate? All those sorts of things. If you're not just going to knock it out of the ballpark, you know, they're not just giving contracts away just because they like you or they thought you looked good in their uniform the first time. It's about productivity. Can you help us get to that next level? And he would if he's completely healthy and he's Odell of old, he can't be that because of the injuries and the toll that that's taken. But if he can be uh, the guy that comes in and becomes that immediate, legitimate number one weapon. Mm-hmm. If they're going for it, because don't forget, the Jets and the Giants are ahead of schedule, if you think about it, as far as these wins. I mean, once again, once you start uh, wetting the appetite of your fans and your organization of the playoff possibilities, I think we start to forget where you were before the season and how things were supposed to be. So it's hard to not to, to realize that and then say, you know what, maybe we're not that close and taking a chance on him is too much of a risk. You know, I think a lot of teams do that. They they get caught up in, we got to win now. We put ourselves in a position that we can win now. So let's take advantage of this opportunity because next year, we don't know if we get off to this great start. We don't know if we win those tight games down the stretch. So we got to roll the dice now. All right. And the other two pursuers are Dallas and Buffalo. You
0: want to keep them away from Dallas. I understand that because it's a division opponent, but Buffalo's got Stefan Diggs. You get Beckham on the other side. All of a sudden, their passing game has taken a step up. Let me let me get uh, tr- uh, go to the uh, to the Knicks. Last night they lose a tough one to uh, to Milwaukee, uh, and this is after Giannis had fouled out late in the game. But Grayson Allen buries a three to give them a three point lead, and the Knicks are disappointed again. I'm reading Mike Vaccaro's article this morning in the New York Post, and I love Mike's writing. And Mike put it right on the head. Uh, they come close again, but not enough to push them over the top. You look at their record, they've, what, 10 wins? Yeah. Three of them came against Detroit, one of the yeah. worst teams in the league, so they really are not beating anybody yet. Now, they come close, came yes. close to Memphis, came close to Portland, came close to Milwaukee last night at some point, and they got Dallas coming up next, and Cleveland on Sunday. I mean, I, I don't know if they can win either one of those games, so Nick fans like to think about, Hey, we're going to the playoffs. They're 10th in the, in the East right now.
1: And that's a play in, that's a play in spot. Yeah. And you know what? They actually got off to a pretty good start this year, which again, uh, excites the fan base, excites the organization, excites the NBA. You know, they say NBA is better when the Celtics, Knicks and Lakers are good, you know, that kind of situation. So They were able to get off to a decent start, much better than they expected, you know, and and much better than the fans expectations. But reality starts to set in. And I said last night on the show that, uh, you know, when Grayson Allen's not tripping people, he's really a good shooter and a good player. But uh, so, yeah, that came to bite him in the butt, you know, with Giannis on the bench. But it's just those kind of situations where they're going to need to make the big play down the stretch, the big defensive stop the big uh, shot um RJ Barrett was tasked with making that three at the end to try to tie the game and it didn't it didn't happen who is that guy that's going to be able to be counted on to knock down a shot on a consistent basis you know RJ has had his ebbs and flows his ups and downs his roller coaster ride this this young season already where he's gone on shooting slumps so they're going to need somebody that's going to be able to make that shot almost all the time um that's their margin for error you know uh Jalen Brunson when he was brought in in the offseason we we talked about that and I I said that that's a lot of pressure for him to make all that kind of money and to be seen as the savior I think that he is a uh I don't want to say a complimentary player because it sounds it sounds like you're putting him down but he's a table setter for a lot of guys if you're going to be Uh, if you're going to count on him to get 30 every single night, then it's just not going to happen. He is a guy that's going to get you a number of points, but he's going to set the table for other guys. He's going to play pretty good defense. He's going to run your show, but he's not going to be that guy that you put that just puts the team on his back. You just Mm -hmm. can't ask him to do that. And I know the money says so. And I think that's what people, uh, were expecting when he came in at that price but to me i sat back and i said wow that that's a lot of money and in in this market yeah that's that's what the the going rate is especially with you know the relationships that he had with leon rose his father on the staff etc but to put that all on him i don't think is uh going to be fair obviously now he's taken on that task he's he's accepted that contract and that's what's going to be asked of him but he's more of a table setter for a lot of other guys that can also hit a big shot for you Who's going to be that guy? That's the question. We'll find out. I'm not sure he's
0: on the roster right now. It may (laughs) require a trade of some sort. He's Otis Livingston, anchor of Channel 2. Always great talking to you, my friend. Uh, You stay safe, and I'll catch you tonight. You won't know I'm there, but I'll be watching. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure, man, as always. Take care. All right, you too. He's Otis Livingston, uh, sports anchor at uh, Channel 2 in New York. Does a a terrific job, as as everybody knows. We're going to check in with uh, ryan dunley of the new york post and he's going to give us a little insight as to the jets and the giants and uh, hopefully ryan's with us we'll uh, wait for his arrival and there he is as we speak hello ryan hey harrod how are you i can't complain um does mike white have anything more to prove (laughs)
2: yeah i mean he has to prove that he can do it over the long haul i mean he had a great game against the Bengals last year a good quarter i think the next week against the colts and then got banged up and then had the four interception debacle against uh was it the bills i think so he has to prove look we've seen flash in the pan quarterbacks before he has to prove that he can do it over the long haul back-to-back games four game four games five out of eight games, stuff like that, uh, to prove he's not just a flash in the pan. But obviously, he's off to a tremendous start.
0: Well, last week, uh, let's, let's be real. You faced the Chicago Bears team that was banged up defensively in particular. Uh, they didn't have their starting quarterback. So you can make all the excuses you want. The, the team that's in front of you is the team you have to beat. They took care of business. It's going to be tougher this week playing the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is a very capable quarterback. And Justin Jefferson, for my money, is the best wide receiver in the NFL.
2: Yeah. So uh, I would expect, look, the, the Jets defense is tremendous. They're, if they win this game that's where it's going to lie i don't think you know the jets have a chance of beating the vikings in a shootout i know white put up huge numbers against the Bengals. i know he put up huge numbers last week against the bears i don't the higher score in this game goes the more i favor the vikings so yeah do i think white's capable of putting up 17 21 points somewhere in there yeah and that might be enough with the jets defensive line and this secondary Uh, to take away some of the weapons and maybe win a game 21-17, something like that.
0: Ryan, let me ask you about the running back situation. James Robinson was brought in uh, when uh, Brees Hall went down. Uh, He was inactive, healthy inactive last week. Uh, He let his feelings be known. Uh, Where are the Jets at the wide receiver position, and who gives them the best chance to win? And and, uh, additionally, Michael Carter, where is he physically?
2: So Michael Carter didn't practice yesterday. Obviously, Brees Hall's out for the year. Carter has a low ankle sprain, which is actually good news. A high ankle sprain means you miss usually like three to five weeks. A low ankle sprain. Sounds like Sala said yesterday they're going to try to play him. I find that a little suspicious because um, my guess would be if you're not practicing, my guess would be he's going to be very limited, if at all, available on Sunday. So uh I would expect to see more of Zonovan Knight, more of Ty Johnson, and probably in that case, James Robinson will be active. Uh, As for now, I mean, it's Robinson's kind of the odd man out. I mean, uh, Johnson is always going to be active because of his role on special teams zonovan knight they wanted some fresh legs and he clearly had them uh not you know not a lot of running backs not a lot of players have fresh legs in week 12 if they didn't think it was a big drop off talent wise then they went with the edge of fresh legs and then they have carter who's clearly the starter with breeze hall out so if carter's banged up that opens up another opportunity for robinson when carter returns i really don't see where robinson fits in the yeah, he might be active, but he ain't getting more than two, three touches. He isn't getting what he was used to in Jacksonville, for sure.
0: You had a newborn son.
2: Would you name him Zonovan? <laughs> I, I would not. <laughs> I, I would not. No, that was I, – I have a newborn son. That did not make our Congratulations. Cut. That's great. That did not uh,
0: make uh, our cut. The, the, the Jets uh, will sink and swim based on their defense. And in Kirk Cousins, you've got a good quarterback, but not as mobile as some others – is that the game plan? Let's try to put as much pressure on cousins as humanly possible and, and try to force them into some turnovers, get some sacks, perhaps. Isn't that
2: the key to the game? Yeah, sure. That's the key to most games, but the jets aren't going to be, the jets aren't out, uh, put as much pressure on as possible. They're not a blitz uh, kind of team. They're a win with our four guys. And cover you to death defense. Um, so yeah, I mean you can force Kirk Cousins into mistakes, but there are different ways to do it. There are you can blitz a guy and force him to make rush decisions, or you could just suffocate the receivers. That's what the Jets are usually try to do. That's what they'll try to do to Thielen and Jefferson. I mean we asked sauce yesterday about like traveling shadowing Jefferson. And he basically said, I don't need to, because we have two dominant cornerbacks. So if I don't, if I'm not on Jefferson, I, you know, the confidence is DJ Reed can do it. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think the jets are going to just try to play tight coverage, disguise some looks in the back end, and get interceptions that way. And if their front four can win, I mean, I think they had six sacks. uh, Was it six sacks? Uh, against the Patriots I think it was six sacks against the yep. Patriots a, cu- yep. a, cu- a couple last week so look they're more than capable of winning uh, four on five against an offensive line without blitzing
0: he's Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Coast covers the uh, Jets and the Giants uh, l- let me uh, digress and, and talk a little bit about the Giants uh, Odell Beckham's name has come up uh, there the Giants are chasing him the Cowboys are chasing him and the Buffalo Bills are chasing him I think if you're the Jet at the Giants, you you know who Odell Beckham is. You had him once before. Now, I draw a parallel with Odell Beckham Jr. and Kyrie Irving. Here are two supremely talented guys, but they come with baggage. You've experienced one before. Why are the Giants that excited about experiencing the return of Beckham again?
2: Because they need him. I mean, uh whether it's him or somebody else, they need a supremely talented wide receiver. I mean, that's just, that's what's missing from this offense. It's really the biggest hole on the team, either side of the ball. I mean, they just, it, they're cutting off Saquon Barkley's knees by not being able to stretch the field and allowing defenses to pack the box. Uh, they're cutting off da- Daniel Jones's running lanes that way too. I mean, the idea that they can't push the ball to the perimeter or push the ball downfield at all, is making it very easy to defend them. Uh, so whether it's Odell or whether it's somebody else, they need an NFL quality wide receiver because they're trotting out a lot of practice squad guys. It's crazy to think where they'd be without Darius Slayton, who they almost didn't keep uh, back in September. And, and now he's so clearly their second best offensive weapon. It's un- it's unbelievable. So, uh yeah, I mean, they they're they want Beckham because of what he is as a player, which is not to be clear, Howard, anything like he was from 2014 to 2018. You're not getting that explosive dynamic number one caliber receiver, but on this team that, I mean, they don't really need that on this team. You know, basically as long as you're a legitimate NFL player, you're a number one or two, number two receiver. Ryan, let me
0: ask you about before the season started. Nobody was talking about the Jets or Giants being a playoff team. They're figuring four or five wins, six maybe. Well, here they are both in the playoff conversation. Is it imperative for one or both to make the playoffs to consider this a successful season? Or is playing meaningful games
2: in December enough? Uh, I'm going to take half a bow for you, Howard, because I had the giants as a four win team but i had the jets as a nine win team so really? i was t- so i was talking about the jets as a playoff team i was not talking about the giants as a playoff team uh now in december uh look the ownership groups you both of them use playing meaningful games in december as a marker for ha- a successful season so like to that end, they'll both consider them a successful season. Now it matters how you get to meaningful games in September. Like, are you like the Giants two years ago were six and ten and almost won the division uh backed into it the night the Eagles sat uh Jalen Hurts and played Nate Sudfeld, they were six and ten. Was that a successful season? I mean, it came down to the last came down to the last game of the last week of the season. I still don't know if that was successful. They were six and ten. If the Giants finish eight and nine and miss the playoffs, it's going to be hard to sell that as successful when you started six and one. If you were one and six and finished, you know, eight and nine, then no, it's all about the road and the journey. And to, it would be hard for the Giants to start six and one, mix, miss the playoffs, see three teams from the NFC East go mm. Dallas, Philadelphia, and Washington, and you be the one sitting home. That would be hard to sell as successful. It would certainly mark improvement. It would say they're headed in the right direction, but I wouldn't say that's successful. And then on the Jets' end of it, uh, it depends on what the – I mean, the AFC stacked, right? So if the Jets end up with 10 wins and don't go to the playoffs because the Chargers get the seven seed, that's a, a successful season. You can't say – not making the playoffs in 11 years for the jets to finish with 10 wins. And then you get bumped out in a case, like remember the year Tom Brady was hurt and Matt castle led the Patriots to 11 wins and they didn't make the playoffs. The Patriots were successful that year. I mean, it it is what it is. They didn't make the playoffs. They had 11 wins. So if the jets go 10 and seven here, their most wins in 11 years and they don't make the playoffs because the AFC is stacked. I would still consider that successful.
0: Ryan, all you got to do is, uh, look, everybody thinks that if the Jets win 10 games, they're going to make the playoffs.
2: It's not definite.
0: Yeah, I I caution. I agree with you. With six games left, you got the Vikings on the road. You got Buffalo, who they've beaten, yes, but playing up in Buffalo in December is a whole different animal. Then you've got the Lions coming to, to the Meadowlands. The Lions have proven that they're not a pushover. They can put points on the board. Same thing with the Jaguars. They pulled an upset last week. With Trevor Lawrence, and then they finish up by going to Seattle, a hard place to play, and then in Miami for the final game of the season. You got to tell me where the three wins are going to come from.
2: Again, even if you get them, I'll say I give you, say I give you Detroit, uh, say I give you Jacksonville, and say I give you Miami. Even with ten, you only get there's only seven spots. So let's I, here's the scenario where they don't make it, even if they get to ten. Buffalo, Miami, make it from the East, Baltimore, Cincinnati, make it from the north, one from the South, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. Well, there's your seven teams, and one of them's not the Jets.
0: Hmm. Fair point. Uh, I, you know, I look my daughter's a jet season ticket holder, okay? she uh but she's not one of those that, you know, paints her face and wears all these outfits and all that kind of stuff. The fact of the matter is, they're an improved franchise, and I credit Joe Douglas with an excellent draft this past year and picking up the two tight ends uh, in free agency. Having said that, isn't it interesting that the tight ends were used more frequently last week? Uh, the screen pass was used more frequently last week. What, what, was the, what did, did LaFord decide to do that was different, or was that Salah's influence? What do you think?
2: I think it was probably the quarterback's influence. I think it was the quarterback getting the ball out of his hand much quicker. And when you get the ball out of your hand much quicker, you tend to use your running backs and your tight ends more. I mean, longer developing plays are for receivers, quicker throws, usually hot routes and whatnot are for uh, receivers or for running backs and tight ends. And look, it it doesn't take a genius to look at what uh, Green Bay does or what San Francisco does and know that, Lafleur is from that same that same school of offense, and know that that's what he's trying to do. He wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel with Zach Wilson. Mike White was just able to execute what Lafleur wants to do much better.
0: You know, you look at Mike White. I, I look, I I know football, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and you tell me if I'm off base. I watch the way that Mike White throws. I watch the way that uh, that Zach Wilson throws. There's a significant difference mike white last week and watching him throw the ball it came over the top tight spiral and so on you see a lot of wilson's throws side on three quarter uh, i'm wondering if, if that's something that the coaches are looking at saying hey this guy maybe performs with a certain style that we would prefer
2: oh i mean i that's definitely part of the reason he's benched is, uh, Sala said many times that his fundamentals got out of whack. Zach Wilson's, uh, his lower half. And, uh, th- that's led to a lot of back foot throws, a lot of sidearm throws. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're right on the head right there is that his fundamentals are out of whack and that's just not how you deliver a football. It's leading to a lot of high throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, no, that's certainly part of it. Um, I think that's one of the things Zach Wilson is staying after practice every day to work on is getting his mechanics back in order. Now there's, there's definite truth to that. And look, part of it too is Zach Wilson was in college playing in a time where, you know, everything is now is about Patrick Mahomes and no look throws and uh, Kenny, all these different arm angles. He delivers the ball out of and, That's awesome to watch. And it makes great social media highlights, but you know, not everybody could deliver the ball like Dan Marino in the eighties and not everybody could deliver these sidearm throws and no look passes like Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's what makes him Patrick Mahomes. So guys who are trying to copy Patrick Mahomes are fighting an uphill battle.
0: Before the season started, I I thought that Buffalo was the best team in the AFC. They may still be, but there's competition now. And I'm wondering, uh you know Josh Allen to me is an outstanding quarterback. I, I look at at Buffalo and what's happened to them, they've lost some games including one to the Jets. Um would you consider them still the team to beat in the AFC or is it Kansas City? Who is it in your
2: mind? The team to beat is Kansas City and I know Buffalo already beat them. Uh but I got to see Buffalo win there in the playoffs. I mean that's where their last two seasons have ended. Mm-hmm. Um that's why I thought it was so important for Buffalo to get the one seed this year and and uh, have the game, the inevitable Chiefs-Bills playoff game in Buffalo. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, especially because of the rise of the Dolphins, giving them a push in the AFC East. Uh, to me, it's clearly the Chiefs are, are the team to beat. And honestly, in my last uh, NFL power rankings for the post, I had the Dolphins ahead of the Bills too. I mean, the Dolphins haven't lost the game that Tua Tagovailoa has started and finished. You know, has played the whole way through. They haven't lost the game, including beating the Bills. So, to me, I give them even a slight uh, uh, margin of uh, a slight edge over the Bills right now. I have the Bills third in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I, look, I was down on Tagovailoa, but look what he's done. I mean, you know that helps to have two great wide receivers and Tyreek Hill. Hey, and Jay- that,
2: no one, no one took that from Patrick Mahomes. No one said, "Ah, uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't great." He had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So yeah, right. Can't do it to Tua now. All
0: right, one thing before I let you go, I have a team in the AFC in the NFC that I think uh, not a lot of people are saying that they that they're the best team. I'm going to put my money on a certain team. And I'm wondering if we're going to have that same team. You tell me
2: San Francisco
0: bingo. Completely agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they have top talent at so many key positions, right? They have a top left tackle, a top running back, a top receiver, a top pass rusher, a top linebacker. I mean, they have top three caliber players at five, six, seven positions. Right. So it's obviously, it's all going to come down to how Garoppolo plays. Uh, he had that four touchdown game against the Cardinals. No one's expecting that they just need him to, you know, play the smart style football, like a, like a, it's funny. Somebody called, uh, can't remember who it was. Somebody called uh, Mike white, Jimmy Garoppolo light. So they just need him to be Mike white heavy, I guess. Uh, and just complete the passes, not turn the ball over. No, they're, they're loaded. Uh, it's chalk to say the Eagles, right? It's chalk because they're they're clearly the best team. But uh I understand why the 49ers are loaded, they're peaking at the right time. If you ask me right now, I, I think I have the Vikings going to the Super Bowl right now. Really? If you ask me right now my super bowl prediction, I would say it's probably Vikings Bills. Now wow. I just said the Vikings are the third best team. I just said the Bills are the third best team in the AFC. Um, but uh you know, picking Chiefs Eagles doesn't do much for me. So, uh, my my sleeper realistic Super Bowl pick would be Vikings Bills. Interesting. Go go back to San Francisco. Why can't
0: Jimmy Garoppolo get credit? My goodness. I mean, the, <laughs> the guy the guy has taken him into the playoffs in the past. If, 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 they were if, a quarter
2: if, away from the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, if Trey doesn't get hurt, he's still sitting on the bench.
2: Correct. Yes. No. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. He might actually have. He might actually have taken over by now if uh, if Trey Lance struggled. But no. I mean, look. He he he's destined to not get credit once you've been drafted over. You get hit with the label. But I think he'll get plenty of credit this off season when people are looking to give out uh, contracts in free agency. I think you'll see uh, the Jets fighting for him. The um, uh, I think there'll be about four or five teams. Interesting. lined up because the 49ers are going to have to go to trey lance uh i think there'll be four or five teams that'll show jimmy garoppolo yeah you weren't appreciated in san francisco but this contract offer shows you're appreciated here
0: i gotta ask you one more thing because it just came into my head tom brady everybody talks about where's tom brady the guy's going to be 46 years old next year at some point he's got to go out and get a job
2: <laughs> yeah He'll play as long. I mean, at this point, why, why is he, why is he going to retire? He just got divorced basically. Uh, You know, if you believe reports, allegedly, you know, page six, our, our staff has been all over this. Uh, Obviously there was uh, some tension in their marriage over whether he was going to continue playing football. He got divorced. Uh, Why would he give it up now? I mean, why, why would I imagine he'll play at 46 and honestly, I'll I'll throw this out there. Wouldn't it be on? Wouldn't it be something if the 49ers let Jimmy Garoppolo go, and the only person they could sign in the entire NFL who would make them not look stupid for drafting Trey Lance would be to bring Tom Brady home to San Francisco. Joe Montana fan, 49ers fan, growing up, they signed Tom Brady. And then it doesn't matter that they threw away a number three overall pick on Trey Lance because all of a sudden it's like, well, we didn't know we were going to get Tom Brady. We're just going to put Lance on the bench. They don't look stupid for that. Wouldn't that be interesting if Brady was in San Francisco next year?
0: What about Aaron Rodgers?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, too. I, I push comes to shove. I assume Aaron Rodgers will be back in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Appreciate your insight, Ryan. Thanks a million. Good luck with your new child, and you stay safe. Thanks, Eric. Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post with some insight on the Jets and the Giants and the NFL. I I think it's comical. I really do. When it comes to forecasting what players are going to do. Look, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Just look at the amount of rings he has. Okay, that's all you got to do. Look at the amount of rings he has. But at some point, I don't know if it's Tampa Bay that's going to look past him because there's still a viable franchise with him. So why would they do anything in terms of moving him or anything like that? And why would Brady want to leave? He's got one of the best defenses in the league to protect uh, that side of the football. You know, th- this is still an outstanding football team, but we'll see. As for the Jets, those last six games, there's, there's not a guaranteed win on the line. You could say Detroit, you could say Jacksonville, They're both playing very well right now. That's not a game you look past. As for this week, and Ryan said something interesting, he likes the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl? Hmm, I had not heard that. But the the Jets are going to have to play their best football to beat Minnesota. Simple as that. You folks stay safe. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live, and we'll talk again.